Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with your host, executive editor of Newsbusters, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome. Something secret is breaking out into the open. All the panic and the tumult and the flop sweat is becoming public. More and more polls make it plausible that Donald Trump could actually win this thing and beat Joe Biden in 2024 and serve a second term. Yikes! The Democrats are just so unnerved. President Biden has turned 81, and he confused Taylor Swift and Britney Spears at the White House turkey pardoning party. Eh, this might be understandable because Joe Biden's favorite teen pop princess is probably still Annette Funicello. You know, singing Pineapple Princess. (laughs) So, NBC did a big poll, a thousand voters. And on Sunday's Meet the Press, host Kristen Welker brought on polling guru Steve Kornacki. Kornacki said Biden's approval rating is bottoming out. It's at 40% with 57% disapproving. This is the lowest Joe Biden's ever measured in the NBC poll. He also made the point 7% of Republicans approve of Biden's job performance, which is what you'd expect. But three times as many Democrats, 21%, disapprove of Biden's performance. That's a little scary. And then altogether on foreign policy, only 33% approve of Biden's job performance. Here's how it went. What's happening in the Middle East, it really does seem to be connecting with what's happening domestically in our politics. Let's start with the bottom line here. President Biden, what is his job approval rating? We measure it now at 40% with 57% disapproving the significance. That is the lowest President Biden has ever measured in our poll in terms of job approval. And just look at the sea change from the start of this year. Remember, early this year, Democrats coming off a strong 2022 midterm. He was almost even. Now he's 17 points underwater on this question. Significant dip there, Steve. It it is, and you can actually, if you take a look here by party, I think it's significant for two reasons. One, independence, obviously, more than two to one disapprove. You don't want to be there as an incumbent president, but I think equally significant, no surprise, 7% of Republicans approve of Joe Biden's job performance, but three times as many Democrats, 21%, that's more than one in five, say they disapprove. You need much more unified support in your own party if you're going to have a successful re-election campaign. And we mentioned the drop in that approval rating and the connection to the Middle East. And here it is. On foreign policy, 33% approve of Joe Biden's job performance. Just in September, we asked the same question, and it was 41-53. Then, so when it comes to Trump, Welker said, Trump's up 46-44. This is significant because this is the first time in the history of our poll that Former President Trump beats President Biden, still within the margin of error, but still significant. And Kornacki agreed. He said in 2019 and 2020, Trump, when he was president, he trailed in all of the polls. This year, he's trailed all of them until now. First time in more than a dozen polls, they've seen Trump winning. And they can panic because now Biden, as Kornacki pointed out, has lost an advantage on likability to Trump. They're actually tied on likability. Well, that's got to upset them because they think Donald Trump is just the most loathsome creature. 
they can't imagine Joe Biden would have the same likability factor. That has got us smart. And then Biden's losing to Trump narrowly in the 18 to 34 age cohort. Kornacki pointed out in 2020, Biden won these youngest voters by 26 points. Other polls have shown Trump winning the youth vote, which might have something to say about maybe the younger end of the 18 to 34 is a little more conservative. That would be a surprise. I think we have kind of all presumed that the youth vote is one of these uh, defund the police and pay for our student loans lefties. <laughs> uh, and we're all non-binary. But uh, so there's some encouraging news from Republicans. But boy, if you work at NBC News, this is not a happy result. So when they looked at the age cohort among 65 plus, there's a majority who approve of how Biden is handling Israel plus 12, but at the youngest group of voters, 20% approve, 70% disapprove. A 62-point net swing between the youngest and the oldest on the topic of Israel versus Hamas. So that's the interesting part here. This whole war in the Middle East has really fractured the Democrat coalition and really hurt Biden with younger voters. People wouldn't have seen this coming earlier this year. And, and you know, earlier last week, Dan Abrams was taking this line to Brian Stelter about the youth, youth vote. He said, a Quinnipiac poll showed Robert F. Kennedy Jr. was the leading voice the choice for young voters, 18 to 34. 38% picked the vaccine denier, 32% for Biden, 27% for Trump. Uh, and so, you know, the idea that RFK Jr. is actually leading the youngest voters, despite the fact that uh, he's gotten almost no interviews from the so-called mainstream media. We found a Kennedy they don't like. All right, so here's more on how the poll for NBC broke down. So if we are heading towards Trump, Biden, a rematch in 2024. How does that look in our polling right now? Here it is. Wow. Donald Trump, we have at 46%. Biden, 44. And this is significant because this is the first time in the history of our poll that former President Trump beats President Biden still within the margin of error, but still significant. Yeah, it's 2019, 2020, when Trump was president, he trailed all of them. This year, he's trailed all of them in our poll. First time in more than a dozen polls, we've seen a result like this. Some of the other ingredients that go into that, Biden has long had an advantage over Trump on likability. Look, at the start of this year, 39% said they had a positive view of Biden, barely 30 of Trump. We've seen consistently a gap like this. Now, the gap is gone. Mm. 36 positive on both, and actually Biden, one point more negative than Trump. That's been a significant advantage for Biden. Our poll says that advantage, at least for now, may be gone. And we talked about younger voters on foreign policy, and it's true on a host of other topics. Disaffected with Joe Biden, we have 46% for Trump, 42% for Biden among the youngest voters. The youngest voters in the 2020 election were Biden plus 26. This could be a massive sea change. Now, our boss, Brent Baker, thought it was interesting. 
that both candidates in the NBC poll lost to a generic opponent. Biden loses big to a generic Republican, and Trump loses by six points to a generic Democrat. But I said to him, look, that's an interesting measure to test a candidate for weakness, but nobody ever goes into a polling place and votes for generic anything. You go and you vote for specific names on the ballot, candidates with specific records and stands. You can't just say, gosh, Biden's losing a generic Republican. This is who we need to nominate, the generic Republican. Let's put that on the ballot, the generic Republican. It's a little like Jimmy Fallon talking to Dwayne The Rock Johnson the other night about how many Americans love the idea of The Rock being president. And that's without Mr. Rock taking any political positions whatsoever. You know, he just goes on Jimmy Fallon and buys a bunch of Christmas presents for the kids. And everybody loves him. Well, if The Rock ever got in, what well, he would have to take stands. He would have to take a stand on Hamas. He'd have to take a stand on abortion. How much of a, an abortion ban do you favor? You get defined by your positions and then people choose not just based on whether, hey, that's the guy who voice acted in a Disney movie. With Thanksgiving on the way this week, we want to say we are thankful for all the listeners of the Newsbusters podcast, the readers of Newsbusters. We know there's a daily rush to read Newsbusters. And we thank the supporters of all our efforts at the Media Research Center. We're especially grateful if you get the chance to donate tax-deductibly at mrc.org slash donate. So there's Meet the Press, and then there's Morning Joe. Ah, yes. From the congressman for the Cracker Counties, Pensacola. You know, this is how Jonathan Martin called them a few years back. Now he's the toast of Nantucket. Joe Scarborough. What, how did Mark Finkelstein put it? The hard scrabble streets of Nantucket. <laughs> uh, just like Martha's Vineyard, they uh, they get rid of the illegal aliens as fast as possible. Anyway, Scarborough took this NBC poll and was like, who cares? It's garbage. Don't listen to pollsters right now. I'm bored. This sounds like he's just repeating words fed to him by Joe Biden. You know the way Biden always says you're reading the wrong polls? Any poll that Biden isn't winning, you're reading the wrong poll? It's like Joe Scarborough, uh, you know, is just taking dictation. Like Jake Tapper repeating questions put in his earpiece by uh, CNN boss Jeff Zucker back in the day. Here's how the yawning bit came off. New polling from NBC News has Donald Trump ahead of President Biden by two points, 46 to 44 percent. Excuse me one second. I've got to yawn. Hold on one second. You're yawning. I know, because there. this is a pattern. This is the end of the world, according to Democrats. According, I, let, let's pattern. just say it's it. According pattern. to David Axelrod, who, by the way, mm. said Biden was toast several times in 2020, this is the end of the world, Axelrod. according to Democrats in Washington. They need... To take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. Let's not panic, fellow Democrats. Let's on all scream, what about Merrick Garland? Now, obviously, it's early in the race. But Biden has just turned 81. By next year, at election time, he'll be almost 82. Let's face it. 
the age issue is only going to get stronger as a problem for the Democrats. But Scarborough's like, hey, if Trump gets reelected, he will be the oldest president ever elected. And then he made fun of Trump's recent gaffes, like Trump saying Biden was going to get us into World War II. Now, I'd make that argument, too, if I was DNC Scarborough. But the media ignore almost all of Biden's gaffes. They're not going to be probably doing Britney Spears versus Taylor Swift. Mark Finkelstein noted, Morning Joe then ran a clip of Colin Jost on Saturday Night Live, the weekend update fake news, making fun of Biden for saying LLJ Cool J. That is not how the rapper goes. It's LL Cool J. He's now better known as an NCIS star than as a rapper. Uh, LL Cool J, born in 1968. But despite him being in his 50s, Biden said, that boy's biceps are bigger than my thighs. Yes, using the word boy is a definite gaffe. I didn't see anybody cover that. We all know if Trump did it, we would be watching MCNBC for Mushroom Cloud NBC. On Sunday on MSNBC, on Inside with Jennifer Renee Saki, her uh, softball Democrat interview was Governor J.B. Pritzker of the state of Chicago, with a couple of other towns included. I would hate to live in a state like that, where Chicago, there's one huge city that completely dominates politics. Uh, Pritzker was trying to say, ah, people aren't paying any attention right now. See, this is what Stelter said when Dan Abrams was like, I don't know, Biden, it looks really bad for Biden. He's like, eh, people aren't really paying attention right now. Voters are kind of dumb. They're focused on other stuff. They'll come around. Same line from the money bags, Mr. Pritzker, from the Hyatt Hotel's fortune. He had this whole line, you know, you sort of wave a magic wand. And eventually, the wisdom of the voters will crystallize. And everyone will suddenly realize Trump is a tin pot dictator. And Biden is a very empathetic embodiment of American democracy. Slobber, slobber, slobber on the party line. There's obviously been some polls that have made a lot of Democrats freak out a bit lately, <laughs> as of late. Uh, and I think that's safe to say. Uh, you've said that the choice hasn't been crystallized yet. I'm paraphrasing for you, of course. What do you think is the most important crystallization of that choice? Well, you know, I, I, I don't think yet people have really put these two next to each other and evaluated what the philosophies and agendas are of these two people. Mm -hmm. Look, you still have a Republican primary going on, even if people are saying that Donald Trump will win. There are debates going on. You're hearing from other characters on the Republican side. It's a jumble uh, for voters who are just trying to get through the day, pay their bills, go to work, take care of their families. And people don't really focus until, let's face it, after the conventions. Mm -hmm. And so it's just in those final couple of months, right, from July all the way through November, that this needs to be brought home to people. So when that happens, that crystallization, I think, will occur in people's minds and people will see that the 
democracy that they believe in, the country that they owe their allegiance to, the, the patriots out there will see that the best thing for America is to put aside the authoritarian Donald Trump and vote for the empathetic, uh, genuinely democratic, uh, and you know believer in protecting people's rights in Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. This is their line that Democrats are democracy and Trump is autocracy. They are pinning their hopes on this line and it's obnoxious. Now, look, they can look at the 2022 midterms and say, look, this line works for us. Hammering January 6th for two straight years worked for us. Now, it could also be, yes, Trump made sure that we, uh, the, the states nominated Dr. Oz and Herschel Walker and so on and so forth candidates that were weak but you know this is democrats are going to take their results and take what they can from them just like they just looked at the 2023 elections and said see being for abortions at all times is fantastic but it's just obnoxious that we are democracy and you are not because if biden loses isn't that a democratic election Let's say Trump wins by Biden's 2020 margin in the popular vote or and the electoral vote. If they say democracy lost in 2024, aren't they the democracy deniers? Aren't they the election deniers? Now, we're all familiar with how they were election deniers in 2000, and they were election deniers in 2004, and they were election deniers in 2016, and their only defense is, well, we didn't ride inside the Capitol. Well, it doesn't mean you're not election deniers. It just means... I don't know. You were uh, we we protested in the right places. Now, uh, uh, you know, th this kind of reminds me. There's a story. NPR did a story over the weekend on Moms for Liberty, and of course, it was all Moms for Liberty is on the wane. That's what we want. So we're gonna, you know, do our wishful thinking. Well, they're touting this woman who has a group called Defensive Democracy. Well, she's lost some battles, said reporter Jim Zaroli. Her group tried and failed to get Moms for Liberty barred from a local community parade. Let that sink in. The group De Defensive Democracy wants to remove opposing groups from a parade. That's Defensive Democracy? This is exactly what's obnoxious about leftist phrasing. We are democracy and we are allowed to ban you. We're going to shut you down on social media. We're going to ban you from parades. And we're the ones that are for democracy. Uh, the last thing that amused me, you know, Bill Maher on his show just told Donna Brazile, hey, Biden's going to lose. Do I think Biden can do the job? Absolutely, Maher said. I don't think he can win the job. And that's what I care about. He's going to lose because the people think he's too old and perception is reality. I'm sorry. Well, Donna Brazile had tried to say, Betty White lived to be 99. Mick Jagger is still twisting his ass. <laughs> like these things have anything to do with being president. Hey, there's a small difference between being leader of the free world and appearing in a Snickers ad or singing Start Me Up. Biden needs to start himself up. But we are here, you know, chronicling the panic. Maybe it's, you know, too much panic, but it's kind of fun to see it's broken out. So keep track. You know, you can come to us. We're still going to be posting over the long weekend. Come to Newsbusters once, twice, 24 times a day. 
Thanks for listening.